you guys don't know, my name's Rodney. I'm the lead pastor at Northwoods Church. I don't know how to operate mics. Oh, I do have a limit. So the red means absolutely nothing. Okay, good. We went green earlier, so I thought I was expecting green. Um, Mike and Emily are not here because they had a uh, cute, big baby this last week. It really is. It's, it's, it's a big, big, big boy. Uh, I, was, I was holding him in the hospital the day he was born, and, and his head is it's nice size. I don't call it big because that might be a minute. Beautiful head, beautiful little boy. He's got huge mittens for a kid. And so it's like he's like he's already a month old. That's what he looks. But sharp, sharp. So Mike asked me that if I would step in and speak to him. And I was like, absolutely. So if you don't know me, this is who I am. I, I was the Genesis pastor for nine years. Gosh, like six. I haven't done that in a long time. So, anyway, I'm excited about tonight. I am who I am. I don't need much more introduction into that. I'm just going to jump in and see where we go tonight. Uh, they're doing this. You guys are doing a, a, a series called A Touch of Heaven. And he said, talk about miracles and Jesus and how the two work in together. So, we're going to do that. It's a hint of heaven, sorry. Like a hint of cilantro. It's like, just need a little bit. So, uh, we pray for you going tonight. Lord, we thank you tonight for. Uh, your word, we thank you tonight, Lord, for uh, Lord, just the connection between uh, you and me and between them and me tonight, Lord God. I, I know that awkward moments happen in introductions between new people. Maybe they don't get weird, I get weird. And so pray tonight won't be weird. I pray it be awesome. I pray, God, that you will speak and move. And, and we thank you, God, that you move. You've given us so much in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we have the opportunity to gather in rooms like this tonight and worship you, but then walk out of here and make kingdom impact. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you guys see me well? They wanted me to step up there, but you guys can see me? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, let's just jump in tonight. If you've got a Bible, you can open it up to John 9. Uh, I don't know where you guys have all been. Mike gave a little bit of a detail, but I'm just going to go to where I go. Uh, basically, my type of teaching is I like to read God's Word, to see what it says, pull some stuff out of there, and see if it's applicable to us. And maybe tonight, that will do that for us. Let's just jump in. So, uh, John 9, kind of <coughs> talking about Jesus, our main character. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was his own, was his own sin or his parents' sins? I just got to say something really quick. Was this guy, what was his problem? Was he blind? Or was he dead? He was blind, right? So he's just sitting there, and these guys walk by, and Jesus sees this guy, and they say, so hey, question, 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 Jesus. Is this guy over here, is he, is he broken because of his parents' sin? This guy could hear him. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't see them, they could hear them. So imagine you're sitting there and you, you hear this person walk by and they say to you, and they say to the Lord who Jesus is with them, it's like, hey, this girl over here, why is she so messed up? Is it because her parents sinned or because she sinned? Who, who is it, God? And the girl over here that's messed up is going, what the fact's going on? <laughs> right? It's like, I have ears. Why are you communicating that to me? Why are you saying that around me? Can I say, I wonder what the spiritually blind hear when they encounter a Christ follower. What do they hear? What do they feel? What are they like? It's like, you know, we walk by them and we're talking and we, we talk about them and they may be spiritually blind, but they've got real ears. 
And I wonder what, what would happen if we would start to act in ways that, that, that act like people have ears. They may not know what we know or who we know, but they're encountering Christ every time they encounter us. And what they hear come out of our mouths should make them go, man, I want more of that. Chocolate chip cookies, anybody? Oh my gosh. No, I'm talking the bad kind that somebody brought. I'm talking about the cooked kinds. You know the bad kind don't smell? You know the cooked kind ones when you like, they're in the oven and they're bubbling and you're like, oh my gosh. Right? Milk and hot chocolate chip cookies. Anybody with me? Spread the towel on the top of the two together. Oh, I did not get this size by not falling in love with stuff like that. But when I describe that to you, it should sound like, oh my gosh, but what does our lives and our words sound like to the spiritually blind that have ears? They're like, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, we come to church, oh, you, you, you're going to hell. Oh my gosh, your sexuality is so broken. Oh my God, what is wrong with you? But we're talking to Jesus, and maybe you're praying out loud, oh dear Lord, what's wrong with my roommate? She's so broken. And your roommate's going, what the fuck are you talking about? Or are you putting it in a prayer request for everyone in your group? Guys, we need to pray for my roommate. She's in the room. She hates Jesus. She's going to hell. She's a bad person. What should we do? Is it, what's her broken point? And, and we wonder why so often those who are far from Christ will not come to Christ. Because they may just be blind, but they sure aren't deaf. They can hear. So I don't know, I just think that's interesting. They're, they're, they're talking about, and by the way, when you can't have one of your senses revealed, all of your others are heightened. So just because they're like, and people are listening to us as Christ followers. They're watching us. They, they're, they're waiting to see if something's real, if something's different. So in this moment, they're kind of hearing this, and they're going in this kind of moment. Uh, uh, the, the, the problem that happens with these kind of conversations is that Luke said in, in, in 6.45, it says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, it's like, well, I was just joking. You ever heard someone say that? I was just joking. No, no, no. The, the proverb says that, that, that you're saying you're only joking, but it's really an issue of the heart. And so when we're walking around, and, and you may not even be saying it, but you're thinking it, because can we say that, that our actions speak as loud as our words do? Or maybe our inaction speaks as loud as our words do. So let's talk about our actions. I haven't done anything, Rodney. I, I just, well, what have you not done? Jesus ate with people that were different than Jesus would go and, and, and have feast at their house. Jesus would be seen in public with them. And other people would say, that guy is, who do you know he's eating with? Do you know he's hanging out with? Because Jesus knew that if he could interact with them, because the issue of his heart was okay, he was not going to get messed up. But what we do as Christ followers way too often, and if you don't come to churches, to be fresh you, if you come to churches, listen to any act like, oh, that's what I do. Uh, I did speak a few weeks ago, I had one of our other pastors speak, and so we did a little tour of the campus, and I walked by, you know, the, the, one of these hand sanitizers, I went to kids town with all the little kids, and the kids have got like diseases, you know, future dishes, and there are all these noses running, and so I was patting all the kids and the, the teachers, and I walked by, and there's a hand thing over there, and I go, and Tracy goes, my wife, she's, and so we got her hands, and she's a nurse like this, and we always, not as bad as Hunter and Carly, but we're, we're always keeping ourselves, you know, germ-free a little bit. You know, I don't use other people's toothbrushes and stuff like this. So we went into here, and, and they had to get wads up, and it was like more came out than I thought. So I was rubbing my hands, and this guy comes by me, and goes, well, you sure you can smell that? He goes, yeah. I said, I'm sterile. And Tracy's like, <laughs> 
you're what? I said, I'm, I said, there's no, there's, I meant to say I'm sanitized. But instead, what came out of my mouth was this idea that I'm sterile. Can I say that as Christ followers, we become so sanitized that we may become sterile? It's an issue of our hearts. It's like when we forget how far from Christ we may have been or never been because maybe we've grown up in this our whole life and we think, man, I am so safe. But it's an issue of the heart that's horrifying to those who are listening, to those who are blind. It's like you, you say you don't have actions towards it, but your inaction speaks as loud as your actions would if you were to interact with it. Yeah. I'm just being honest. This is what, what's happening at this moment. And this, this guy over here sitting in the corner going, I haven't even gotten involved in the story yet. I'm just a subject over here. It's like, you know, dude, it's like, hello, over here. I'm hearing you. I don't know where you're at, but I don't think I want to eat dinner with you. Do you, you guys agree? It's like someone talks about you, just don't like that for some reason. Uh, um, let's jump on. Verse 3. I'm just getting started. You guys okay with this? Okay. Just let me know. I can't tell sometimes what people's faces are feel like. Are you going? My goal is to screw you up tonight and mess with you. So I want you to enjoy it, but I also want you not to like it, because I want to mess with you a little bit. Is that okay? That's what I'm going to do with it. Um, I won't be that next week, so you're fine. Come back. Um, verse 3. This is what Jesus said. It's not because of his sin or his parents' sin. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. So this guy is still sitting there over the corner going, you guys are talking about me. God's power, I was born blind my whole life so that your power can be demonstrated in my life. Uh, I'm over here in the corner and I am, I am, I am, I am blind. God's power to spade in me, I don't understand it. Here's what we often do, and, and, and be honest with you, you do it, people have done it to you too. So often what we do is we, 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 we see the problems in people and we miss the potential. We, we miss the potential. We, can I tell you that one of the, the beautiful things if we go, uh, to, to different big churches in our old campus in our old church. We had the most incredible stained glass window. Do you know that stained glass windows are made with broken glass? That's what, that's what those are made. They're made with broken pieces. And, and, and the tapestry of God's story is made together with broken pieces. You're broken. You know that. You know that. That's why you dressed yourself in there like you did. So people couldn't see everything. Like, this is not needed to be seen but covered up. Anybody? Okay. I cover up because you don't need to see this. What am I saying? Because I am broken. But when I have a tapestry of, of, of you guys involved in my life, it's really, really beautiful. And we're broken. But so often we just see brokenness and we think, well, there must be sin involved. It must have been their choice. It must have been their story. It, do you guys know that it's impossible to get lost on purpose? Try it one time. Today I'm going to get lost. You cannot do it. You, you have to think about not getting lost to get lost. Most people that are lost and broken never chose to get that way. Life happened. Someone did something. Something took place. All of a sudden, they find themselves in this really lost spot. And they go, how the fact did I get here? And we look at them going, you, you just don't know. Did you know that they might be that missing piece of glass in our story, in Christ's story? Who can impact the broken person more than the person who's made for the brokenness? Oh, my gosh. It's like we have that broken issue. And so often, we hide from that brokenness. So we're coming into this thing. And Jesus, he went on and said, oh, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and no one can work. But while I am here in this world, I am the light of the world. What Jesus was saying was, and just to be honest here real quick, divine opportunities have expiration dates. 
Divine opportunities have expirations. The moment the Lord stirs your heart for something, it's not like it's going to last forever. It's like, oh, I will tell them in three weeks about this moment. I will pray for them in six years. I will, I will, I will come and move upon them and, and, and share some of my beauty and joy with them at a certain point. When God stirs your heart for a moment, for a reason, He wants to do something right now. And maybe if the Lord's coming back quick, so we don't have a lot of time left, or maybe this person's going away really fast, and you have the one opportunity, you've seen their brokenness, and what we ought to do, instead of like running from it and becoming sterile, it's a horrible word, I don't know what that means, through it, but if you're a guy, watch your covenant eyes. Uh, <laughs> but in this kind of moment, if we run towards that brokenness, we might watch God do something very, very divine. And a lot of times it's very, very timely. That you see the brokenness, that you see the problem, that you see the situation. Jesus saw this guy walk over there, and this is where the story continues in that kind of moment. Oh, one more thought before we move on. Life is short, but eternity is forever. Do you guys agree? Would you agree that what you have is pretty darn cool and, and pretty darn important? This idea that, that man, you, you've brought me the story of Jesus. Thank you so much that I'm not going to spend eternity in hell, that I might be just blind, but could, you know, and you're now judging me, but you're judging me, if, if you're really judging me, and you're playing God, and God's role, and I'm screwed, and you're happy about that, because you're okay, something's broken. Verse 6. <laughs> this is so cool. I love this story as a kid. I love it even better now. Because I want you to close your eyes as I read this story. Close Close. Really, you're not reading. Just close your eyes as I read that means that you're not open. That's right. I look at you. If you can see me, you're not playing this game well. <laughs> Do what? When Mike's dead, can you also hear me? Mm-hmm. When Mike is dead, there it goes. So close your eyes. You. Here's what Jesus did next. Now, just think about this. When, you're, when you're, your one sense is gone, all of your other senses are heightened. Everyone smell it. You guys smell that hot dip that's on the right end? Pepperoni pizza. You guys smell it? Okay, well, what are you hearing right now? Just real be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Hear the filter. Listen to what Jesus says next. Then he sped on the ground. He's going to make mud. How much spit is it going to take? Just keep your eyes closed. A lot of spit to make mud, I would think. What did he last eat? Because now you're smelling it. Fish and chips. Some camel. Keep your eyes closed. You're blind. And you're hearing this dude. Ha! Some holy food. Into the dirt, and something's happening. Then all of a sudden, you feel some hands go upon your face with the mud that was made with spit upon your eyes. Get up your eyes. Do just real quick at that moment. If you've never seen before, do you really give a rat's mustache to spit 
or if it smells like fish or camel? Or do you think, man, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has taken an opportunity to step across all time to come meet me right here in this moment? Everybody else is talking about me, but this guy is impacting my life. Can I tell you the Bible says there's no small parts of the body of Christ, including the salami? Maybe you're a saliva gland, the body of Christ, and you ever thought, that's not cool. God used the saliva glands for the body of Christ. Like, does that happen? Yeah, it does. In the Bible of Christ, what's that little thing that hangs down in your throat? What's that called? You You know what that does? If you don't have it, you know what it does. I have a friend of mine who had surgery a while back, and they took it out. And he went to go drink water, and, and his water shot straight through his nose. You're like, I want my youth to <laughs> Absolutely. Can I tell you, there's no small parts of the body of Christ. And you're sitting there going, I don't know if I have anything to offer. Guys, we are part of the King of King and Lord of Lords. And if you have a mouth, and if you can talk to somebody, if you can walk up to somebody, you've got what God needs inside of you. Jesus is enough. And you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. God is huge. I always wanted to talk about Salah in church. I just thought that I'm running out to do it. But can you imagine? And he told him, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sin. So the man went, washed his eyes, and he came back seeing. Don't get caught up in the spit. Don't get caught up in the spit. What, what, what just happened to a guy that's never seen before? He saw him before. Have you ever seen those videos of the, the, in, in, on Facebook where they put the little, you know, here it is, and baby's ears, she hears her mom's voice the first time. It's like, you know, she's like, oh my gosh. Can you imagine seeing the first thing in your life and, and you're not walking around? Because we're going to continue to about the story over here. Uh, uh, can I say something else, too? What happens in this moment to this guy? He did some divine obedience. Divine obedience. He was obedient to God. Hey, God, what would you have me to do? Go wash your face. Go wash your face. This guy's walking all time and, and he's just thinking, what? He doesn't probably know because I've never seen about it before. He's like, what is this wet, fishy smelling substance on my face? I'm not quite sure what it was. I bet on the way he's probably even disgusted a little bit. Because he's not seeing it. He's just walking in obedience, going, I don't know how this works. And you gotta imagine if you're one of the disciples right now, if you're thinking, you're like, did he just really do that? Did Jesus just really spit in the dirt and make mud and shove it on some dude's eyes? Did Jesus really do that? I mean, can you imagine? If, we, if I did that right now, I put it in her face, what would you all be saying? You're like, I'm not getting in line. No, she won't come back, right? This chick's not coming back. It's like, what's your name? She'd be like, this is it. Can I tell you something? What kind of a box would we put Jesus in? Jesus is only going to do this on Sunday morning, on Tuesday night, in this one hour, in this one way. It's going to be so divine, so people, angels are going to come down. Jesus just spits in the dirt. Angels making mud pies. Everyone's going, that should not happen. That's just gross. Carly Hunter would be like, we're out of this place right now. Like, you just got to watch them. The hand sanitizers are horrifying. They won't touch anything. That just, just, they're so bad about it. And then Jesus was to come to Carly, which is the guy who can see I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know what just happened. It's everything. 
His neighbors and others forsaken knew him as a blind beggar, and they asked each other, Isn't it the man who used to sit and beg? Sit and beg? Uh, some said he uh, he was, and others said, No, he, does, he just looks like it. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I'm the same guy. Yes, I'm the same guy. They said, Who healed you? What happened? <laughs> he told them, The man they called Jesus made mud, and he spread it on my eyes, and he told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash your face. So I went and washed, and now I can see. He didn't even bring in the thought that it was spit, did he? He just said, the guy made mud. You know, we'd be going, that guy spit in the dirt. This guy goes, I could give a rat's mustache what it was. Any liquid, I don't care. Whatever just happened is, I can see now. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. Those who are spiritually lost and spiritually blind, they'll really take about anything. And you're like, I don't have anything to offer. You've got everything to offer. Your friendship, the mm -hmm. meal, time spent with them, the name of Jesus Christ, the power of God who richly, the Spirit of God who richly dwells inside of you. you you've got life to give them. And, and you're going, I don't have anything to give them. God says, yes, you do. You're better than my spit. You're better than God's rule. You're better than God's rule. God did not drop, die for your drool. He died for you. Yet his drool is powerful enough to transform somebody. So this guy just goes and he goes up. And then they ask him, well, where is he now? I, said, I don't know. Then they took the man, this is crazy. Then they took the man who had been healed to the Pharisees. That was the religious leaders of their time. Because it was on the Sabbath day that Jesus made the mud and he healed the man. There was a law that, that God established on the sixth day, which was supposed to rest the Sabbath, which was a Saturday. And so on Saturday, you can only do certain amounts of work. So uh, Jesus, by making mud with his spit, had broken some of their religious rules. And they're upset now that Jesus has made mud on Sunday or on Saturday, the Sabbath, and put it on some dude's eyes and the guy can see. They're upset about this. Are you kidding me? That's just, we've got a fight against it. Uh, because it was on the Sabbath, verse 15, the Pharisees asked the man about it. So he told them, he put mud over my eyes and when I washed, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary man, how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were in deep division and, uh, among this guy. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about the man who helped you? The man replied, I think he was a prophet. What's this word opinion mean? It's a judgment call that we think. Well, what do you think about the guy who healed you? What's your opinion about him? Um, the guy seemed like a prophet. I, I, I don't know about this guy. Can, can, you guys ever heard of him? Anybody? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Who, what does he do? Yeah. See? Or you too, God. I guess just so we can Yeah, he's a good guy, right? Okay, another guy. Uh, different one. You guys heard of Oprah, right? <laughs> She's more popular still today. You've heard her, right? Are, are these guys Christ followers? Do you know? You don't know, do you? If you're living over in a little village in, in Africa or Kenya and someone builds you a, 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 a refuge and, and, a, and a hospital and, and they, they, they feed you and nurture you and now all of a sudden when you were sick, now you don't have malaria anymore and you're okay, do you have a rat's mustache about the quality of this person's religion or the quality of this person's actions? You see what I'm saying? So this guy, these people, the religious people are going, what's your thought, what's your opinion about this guy? This guy goes, I was stinking blind. 
And I can't see right now. He seems like a pretty cool guy. You're like, but wait a second. We're not quite sure what he believes, but we believe this guy's his belief is changing. Jesus is interacting with Jesus, and now he can see. Now he can see. I, I just think that's pretty amazing that they had to ask him what his opinion was. So what's your opinion? Can I ask you what's your opinion about God? What's your opinion about God? Well, what's your opinion about me? You really don't. You really don't. Well, what's your opinion about another Christian that you met? What's the opinion about your pastor or your, or your professor if you're at CSU or try to, whoever claims to be a Christ person? Do they claim to be a Christ follower? You, you believe it because of they, what they say, what they have on their car, or what radio station they do? Or, or have you been transformed by your interaction with this person to where now your opinion goes, I don't know what I, I, I don't know the whole story, but what I know sounds pretty good so far. What I, I, I believe so far sounds pretty good. The Jewish leaders still refuse to believe the man had been healed, that had been blind, can now see. So they call his parents. They ask him, is this your son? Was, it, was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Uh, ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who announced that anyone who sent Jesus to the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. Um, they were afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue when Jesus had did a miracle to heal their son. They were worried about the religious people of their time kicking them out of their religious system when their son could finally see for the first time. They were afraid of the religious people, so they were like, we don't want to answer your question because you might kick us out of the, the church. Are we kidding ourselves? We've become such a tight club that we don't want to be kicked out of our little club because of Jesus did something phenomenal for our kids. You guys don't have kids. I have, I have one of my kids here today, Cody. I love my kids. I protect my kids. And I'm like, my kids are the best kids in the world. You guys are second class people compared to my kids. And my grandkids are better than my kids. Not really, but they're younger, so they're, they're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty angelic. And, 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 and if you mess with one of my grandkids, Grandsons, our granddaughters, I'm going to open a can of whip love upon you that will result in you being just messed up. And if you say, hey, well, if you, if you, you know, I'm going to kick you out of my club, I'm saying, well, I'm taking me and my kid and get out of here. I'm not staying in a broken system. I'm not staying in a broken place. I'm not staying around this brokenness. I'm going to move on and get going. So, so let's just go on. Um, that's what they said. He's old enough. Ask him. So the second time they called him the man who had been blind, and they told him, uh, God should get the credit for this boy because he, because we know this man, Jesus is a sinner. Okay. Um, sure. Well, so they just asked him again. He says, I don't know whether he's a sinner. The man replied, but I know this, he, that I was blind and I can see. That's all I know. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see. All I know is that, you know what, I, my life has been transformed because of Jesus. What's your Jesus do? Have you been transformed by Jesus? Or are you sitting there going, I read a lot. Oh my gosh. I, I'm in love with my wife. I kiss her. Sorry if that hurt your feelings. <laughs> We've had three kids together. We've been married for 30 years. She's out of town right now, and I'm a sick puppy. 
Because I love my wife. I mean, I am addicted to her. She's hot. Not, I'm sorry, she never said it. She never said that brother. For me, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's the most beautiful person in the world. I don't want you to tell me how awesome my wife is. I want to know for myself. I don't want you to give me Tracy's story. I want, I want to know Tracy for myself. Why, why in the world would I want that for anybody else but my God? What is your God story? If you have not been redeemed, if you have not once been blind, and now you're, 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 you can see, your story is pretty lame. If you haven't had God you know, hold you and rub his hands through your hair and tell you, you're a masterpiece, not a mistake, and you're a fearfully wonderful mate, I am passionate about you. I sent my son to die for you, and you're awesome. And if that doesn't jazz you up, you need to go find God and get in the closet with him and say, hey, 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 good God. Let's talk. I want to show you my heart and my life and I want to know you. I want to interact with you. Instead of walking around judging other people. So who sinned? It's like the one people over here judging somebody. It's over here going, I was just blind and now I see. What is our Christ story? When has Christ touched you? It's like, well, I've never done anything wrong. That's okay. That's good. That's a good story. But do you know that God loves the perfect ones? We think too, as much as he loves the broken ones, and he's a he's a lover of our hearts and our souls, and, and good Lord needs to, to get in there. So they asked him again. But what did he do? They asked. How did he heal you? What did he do? And he just says, Look, listen, Linda, listen. Listen. I told you once, it's an internet thing. I don't know what I just did, so is that a relevant too? Okay, but making sure. I told you once, didn't you listen? Uh, why don't you want to hear it again? Do you want to become the disciples, his disciples too? They, then they cursed him. And they said, you are his disciple, but you're a disciple uh, of Moses. When God spoke to Moses, we know who God spoke to Moses. We don't even know where this man comes from. These guys who are Christ followers, not Christ followers, but like religious guys, when he said, listen, do you, do you want to become a disciple too or something? He, they cursed him. You ever know when you taste someone's fruits when you bite them? You ever notice that? It's like, oh, Jesus, we love you. Until you pull in front of them in your car and they flip you off. And you're like, well, I thought you were a Christian. These Jewish guys are like, you, you, you right now. I mean, he wouldn't do what they wanted to do. They cursed him. It's like, out of the overflow of the heart, the man speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart. Hey, and by the way, the guy that built them is, is, is attracting this guy to himself now. These guys who, who are questioning him are repelling him. Think about that. What, what are we doing for those who are, who are far from Christ? Are we pulling them in? Or are we repelling them with our lives? What are we doing? As Christ and ambassadors, as Christ follows, are we, are we repelling people? Because it's like, dude, what's up with you? Are we embracing them? And embrace changes everything. It's just idea. Then he goes uh, verse 30. He goes, well, this is, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open, their eye, open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not God, if he wouldn't have done it, he couldn't have done it. If this guy wasn't from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they said. What was the first question they asked Jesus? Who sinned? This guy? His parents? Who sinned? 
And Jesus says, no way, sin. I did this to display my power in life. That, that one day I would do this. And now these guys in the religious community, because he's now claiming, I don't know what your story is. You seem to, you know, you've never sinned in your whole life. You've been memorizing scriptures from the womb. You, you, you know what I mean? You, 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 you won't hang out with certain people. You won't do certain things. You, you, we were born Christians. You're a total sinner. You're just messed up. You're, you're all these kind of things. And this guy's sitting there building that beside him. And he's like, no. No. No, no, no absolutely not. He, he, he can't have it anymore. And he says, you were born a sinner. And you're, you're trying to teach us? Then they threw him out of the synagogue. They threw him out of the synagogue. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, praise God. May we live such a life that they throw us out of the synagogue. They throw us out of the church. Can I, I, just, I made a note over here. Why are we so worried about people? Why are we so worried about being thrown out of broken places and controlled by broken people? Why are we so worried about them? You can't do that. You, you, you're, you're, you, what are you, who are you? Who do you think you are? What, what are you doing? Hey, so many people like to tell us what we can't do. The same time that Jesus Christ has been richly born inside of me. You can't do that. If you do that, we're going to throw you out. So you, you listen, we're broken, and we want you to be broken, because if you're not broken, then, then you, you must be above us, and, and that's wrong. You know. So hey, we want you to be broken like us and stay broken. Why would you ever stay in a broken place? That's just my question. Why would you stay there? Why would you stay in a broken mindset? Why would you stay in broken things, broken relationships, broken things. It's like, you do not have to stay broken anymore. Man, you can get yourself kicked out, and it might be the best thing that will happen to you. We should get agitated about the state of, of religion in our day and time. We should be just upset about it in such a way that we're not going to put up with it anymore. Instead of becoming like those that are around us, we need to become more like Jesus because they kicked Jesus out of these places and they didn't accept him. Being accepted by even the perfect people is not the thing. Embracing the broken people is what Jesus came to do. And it's messy. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's strange. You meet weird places. I, I was yesterday playing uh, disc golf with some guy I met on the disc golf course who had a dog. He was smoking something. I'm not quite sure what it was. not weird. But we're out there, you know, and he, he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is. We're just throwing a disc out there. And some funky weird people play disc golf. Who's been honest with me. And this guy's funky weird. Just totally strange dude. And, and you know, we're having the greatest conversation. And we're playing disc golf. And, and in this moment, he and I, you know, that was one of the most godly things I did all week. And this is my second time speaking. Third time speaking this week. That was the most godly thing I did because I moved towards brokenness. I, I made it a part of my schedule. I, I made it a part of my life. Every morning I get up and work with about, about 15 guys. And about five or six of them aren't safe. And they use really bad language. It's horrible. You know, you're like, well, are people going to see you with them? I hope so. Isn't someone going to be agitated that their pastor's hanging out with people like that? I hope so. But, but what, if, what if they see you? What are you, what if the, are you going to start saying bad words? I don't think so. Only if I need them and I try to figure out better words. Sometimes they slip out. They use what the fat, you know, and, you know, or, Holy rats mustache. I, I come up with all kinds of words. I just use different language. They don't know any better. They don't know any better. But I do. And I don't want to be involved in the social club. I want to be involved in God's body. Yeah. 
I don't want to be involved in your pretty little groups and your, your nice little groups. I want to be moving towards the messiness. Tonight, this is good. As a matter of fact, this is your first time. I need to get your name, right? Huh? Yes. Is that Kenny? Yes. Awesome. You know, you seem fairly healthy tonight, right? How weird would it be if I move over here right now and I give you CPR? I mean, just <laughs> lean, your, lean your head back, grab your nose, and go full mic on your mouth. Just, she's going to be crap out of you and never come back. But if she's choking, or I just frown, and I come over to her, and I come in, it doesn't matter what I look like, what I smell like. I'm bringing life to her. She's going to embrace the moment. Maybe your life does not have, and our life doesn't have enough mission because we keep trying to get CPR to people that don't need it. And we're thinking, well, what do I have to give somebody else? You've got the breath of God inside you. You've got friendship. You've got the ability to take someone out for a lunch and just to hang out with them, to get to know their name. You say someone names three times, Chesney, 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 Kenny Chesney, only you don't cut Kenny, you're a girl. You get me? So it's like a stick of head. If you see the name three times, it stacks in your head. So play a little game when you're talking to somebody. Hey, Chesney, 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 don't get Kenny stuck in there. Like, hey, Kenny, it's like, it's not Kenny, it's Chesney. And you start to value their name. You start to value them as a person. Right, Mrs. Haley Connor? Yeah. Right? So we're going to play some games tonight in this room. It's like I'm sticking there because it's everyone's favorite words to know names. So if I really care about you, I'm going to get to know your name. And then I'm going to get to know you. And if you're broken, I'm going to get to know your name more. And if you're broken and you're really drowning, I'm going to come and get my mouth clear and need your CPR. And we're going to see you rise back to life again. And I don't give a rat's attack if a person in the church sees me because my God saw me and my brokenness. Can you tilt my head back? Breathe into my nasty face. I, I remember when I was in college and, and uh, I was in a room spinning and I couldn't get it to stop. I don't know if Bobby guys have ever done that this group, but pretty messed up. I, I had a dip in my mouth, a cigarette in my hand, and a, a, a red soap cup. Dad was still back in the day. And this was like it had been happening for six months. And I just remember looking going, what in the blank am I doing? I mean, it's kind of like the little prodigal son waking up in the, you know, the picture. Call my dad, say, Dad, I want to come home. I said, come on home. I left that moment. But I remember that moment just feeling like God was just tilting my head back, just a little bit. You know? Nobody would have walked up to me at that moment. You won't come up with your mouth. I did it. That just makes sense. <laughs> I had a cigarette in my hand, and I want to rest my team at college. You know? I'm sitting there, and everyone had left to go somewhere. I was too drunk to leave. Had my foot on the floor, and was spinning. And nobody in the right mind, none of your girls should have been there. You're going to have to have it. Yeah, absolutely. And some of you guys have been like, oh my God, we bring him into that church. He's going to screw Bible study call. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus grabbed him over here in the back of the head and leaned me down and he said, you're a nice place. I'm going to go Okay. And over a period of time, God started to transform my thinking and my life in such a way as a young adult, I started to make some transformation. God gave me an amazing life. We've had amazing kids, amazing ones. I'm as broken as they come. I've been touched and kissed and helped and breathed into by the lover of my soul, the creator of the universe. Now, I don't give a rat's ass, that's what you think about. I'm dead serious. I am loved by God. 
That's my story. I've been touched by God. And you say, well, why don't you touch me? Because you, you seem like you don't want to see Let's be honest with you. You don't seem like you're going to come over there. Like, she really does. She's already thinking, starting to spit my eye. He's trying to lean my head back and stick his face in there. And when I punch that guy in the throat, this church is like this snake worshiper kissing people, tongue guy just, yeah. But she was in the road. I've been in car accidents happening. I went up to the window. I had that happen probably three months ago. A guy flipped his car. And just happened to be out with the same group of guys working out in the morning. We ran over to the guy and pulled him out of his car and went to leave Macon. As we're pulling him out, this huge African American. He was massive kid. Massive. I didn't want to fit the car. We got him out. The car was trashed. On the way out, the, the, the police never got there. And I said, Do you mind if I pray for you? He goes, Blank, yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know if you can say the two things at one thing, but he said it. Blank, yes, sir. Pray. He's like, whatever else you want to do. You, you do what you want to do. And as we lay that down on the ground, I'm just praying over that guy's heart, prayed over that guy's soul, and prayed over his body. And he didn't have a strength on. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't know the guy's name. It's like, hey, guys, I got control the road plane. He's rolling it out. So, you know, you need to confess this. All that I had at that moment was who I was. So I just continue to wrap this up. I go home. I go through. Yeah. So, there we go. Spiritual blindness. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man who says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and you're speaking to him, and he's speaking to you. Now, 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 you might just say that, right? Let me just say, Have you ever seen anybody in your life? Anybody? Have you ever seen a bunch of people? You ever, like, been to New York and saw, like, 12 loads of people? Right? But here you go. You open up your eyes, and first week you see some real skeptic friends, neighbors. Then the next week you see the religious tribe, right? And now all of a sudden you're sitting here, and at the third person there you saw is going, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And he's like, and he's seeing him, right? He's not like hearing him, he's not smelling him. He's like seeing him. He's seeing Jesus. I mean, sorry. Does it not melt your brain that some guy that couldn't see is now seeing Jesus and it's like he's actually excited about it? Uh, uh, uh. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered into the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think that they can see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and said, This says, Are you saying that you're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus says. But you remain guilty.